It's the little things, the little things that help us grow. Every little prayer you say, every good choice you make, every little step you take makes a difference, such a difference. Every little good thing you do makes a little change in you, even though they seem so small. You'll see they're not so little after all. Hi, welcome to the Lift Podcast. My name is Angela Withers, and today we're going to be talking about small and simple things. As you've seen on our app, I've been posting simple, short workout videos every day, except Sunday. And these are our small and simple workouts. Now, the question you might be having, is this really going to be that beneficial to only be doing a three, four minute workout? And that's what I wanted to talk about in this podcast today. And not just workouts, but we'll cover some other things that are extremely small and simple, but have a tremendous impact on our health. So first of all, let's talk about these workouts. So can a three-minute workout really make a difference? Let me go through some of these studies, and I'll just hit the highlights because I've got several here. But in February 2022, a study was published um, that had been conducted in Japan. They took 39 sedentary but otherwise healthy college students, and they gave them the assignment of lifting a weight with their biceps. So they were doing a bicep curl for only three seconds a day. So three second workout, that was it. And these college students contracted their biceps as hard as possible. They were supposed to contract as hard as they possibly could with that muscle for three solid seconds and then stop. And that was all they did. Three second workout every day. By the end of the month, they had bicep strength that had increased by about 12%, by up to 12%. So pretty interesting, really small, um, simple, and yet a pretty tremendous impact after a month's amount of time. Um, another professor who was actually commenting on on these, this study that had been done, and he's a professor in Australia, said we should probably think of three seconds of daily strength training as the least we can do. I think any of us can fit that in, right? Any of us can fit that in. So if any of us want to be up to 12% stronger with our muscle strength by the end of the month, then start right now with three seconds. So I'm hoping by these small and simple workouts that I've been posting, that it can be something that can encourage people to start making a change in their life and view exercise, view strength differently, that it doesn't have to be something that takes an hour of our day or that we have to have a gym membership or that we have to go to a a class that is intimidating or that we don't feel like we have the strength or energy levels for if it's you know, a solid 45, 50 minutes of weight training or something that we can get benefits from only a few minutes every day, even a few seconds, um, based off that last study that I just showed. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. There is a book that was written by Matthew Fitzgerald called 80, 20 running run stronger and race faster by training slower. And they have been finding that's called polarized training where they do 80% of their workouts are done at a slow pace. So these runners, these elite runners are running at a slow pace for 80% of the time. And then at 20% of the time, they will run at a hard race or a hard pace and 
they are finding that they can run their races faster when it comes to race day. Now, I love, 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 love this because after researching biological rhythms a lot over the last several years, definitely this goes in harmony with the infradian rhythm, which is the rhythm that it's actually the lunar rhythm too. It's this this 28, 29 day cycle and women have their hormonal energy, their menstrual cycle that will follow this pattern. And then all of us are impacted by the lunar cycles as well that follow this pattern where we have additional light and energy available to us during, during right before leading up to and after full moons. We have extra amounts of energy that are available to us. And then as we get closer to a new moon, we have less amounts of energy because light is energy. It's an energy source for us. And so the more that is present and available to our earth and to all the organisms living on the earth, they have increased amount of energy during those time periods. Same thing with women during their cycle as they approach ovulation and coming away from ovulation, they've had this increased amount of energy and strength that's available to them because of the hormones that are present during that time in their cycle. So if we are learning to work at a moderate pace, when we have available energy levels for only a moderate pace or even a slow pace, and then when we have that energy levels that are um, there and available to us to be working at a higher and more intense pace, then by all means, push ourselves during those time periods. All right, let's move on to actually one more thing I want to say about that is that also when women, as they get closer to ovulation, leading up to ovulation and during during the, the period of ovulation and right after ovulation, they have these higher levels of estrogen and higher levels of estrogen actually promote increased strength and increased flexibility. That's when you can make your most gains physically is when you have those hormones present. And women also have also have a small amount of testosterone that's present during the time period of ovulation that also increases and helps build up muscle muscle strength at that time. So sorry, just one more note that I wanted to say. Okay, let's move on with more of these research studies that were done. So in 2005, um, Edward Coyle, he's a professor at the Human Performance Laboratory in the University of Texas. He took um, young and older adults and had them work as hard as they could for four seconds cycling. So they were in spin classes, maybe not even in spin classes, they were just cycling for four seconds. And he would have them cycle as hard as they could for four seconds and then rest for 15 to 30 seconds. And he found that just those four seconds after that improved muscle mass for the especially for the older adults but it also increased the fitness in all in both the young and the older adults then there was another study that was done that showed that if people were just climbing three flights of stairs three times a day with one to four hours in between that they had improved fitness over six weeks. And this is another thing too, is that some people will go from a sedentary job where they've been sitting for, for literally hours throughout the day. And then they'll go to the gym and they might work out for an hour. And they've actually found that if you can break that up, you get far more health benefits from taking a break from sitting for a long period and doing short little spurts of movement in between that, that your body actually gets a lot more out of it because you're getting more blood flow moving to all your extremities and you're getting a lot more health benefits from breaking it up and doing 
um, small frequent bouts of movement throughout the day than just one solid workout. Another study that was just barely published in December of 2022 by Nature Medicine, it followed over 25,000 different people with an average age of the age of 60, and they found that if they incorporated small bursts of movement throughout the day, so whether it was two minutes of fast walking, a three-minute little workout video, right, or um, even quickly climbing the stairs, if if they incorporated just a few bursts of of movement and exercise throughout the day, they had a 50% decrease in the risk of death from cardiovascular problems and a 40% decrease in the risk of dying from cancer compared to those who had no spurts of movement at all. So just simple and small little changes that we can make can have a really big impact in the direction that our health is going. So this research has actually, the underlying research that has brought about um, workouts that are like hit workouts, high intensity interval training, or Tabata. Tabata is focused on 20 seconds of working at high intensity, maximum effort, and then followed by 10 seconds of rest. And you'll repeat that cycle eight times for a total of four minutes, and that's your workout. So whether it is one of the lift workouts that only take a few minutes to complete, or it's something else that you can fit into your day, even if it's only for a few seconds, even if it's only for a few minutes, or even if you're doing three or four or five lift workout videos a day, or if you love to cycle, or you love to rock climb, or you love to dance, whatever you love to do and whatever is enjoyable to you and is going to keep your body moving, but also finding opportunities to build strength and being aware of Increasing that intensity even for a few seconds in all of your major major muscle groups is going to be really important. So it's super important to make sure that we're building some kind of strength in all of our main muscle groups and that we're doing that regularly. And doing that even for just a few seconds a day is fine if that's what if that's what we're able to fit in. But making sure that we take that muscle group, whether it's our hamstrings, whether it's our quads, whether it's our abdominals, whether it's our back, whether it's our biceps, whether it's our triceps, making sure that we work them to a high intensity level, even just for a few seconds, that's going to help maintain and build muscle mass. And the more muscle mass that we have on our body, the more calories we burn in all of our resting state, whether we're driving or sitting or sleeping or watching a movie, our body will be burning calories at a higher rate if we have a higher amount of muscle. And that is the most efficient way to burn fat, to maintain a healthy weight, and and even just to stay stronger as we move into our later adult years is to make sure that we have a good, good strong amount of muscle mass. So I hope with any health goals that you've set for this year that you are making it achievable. And even if that means small and simple, even if that means like 30 seconds before you go to bed at night or 30 seconds when you wake up in the morning, my favorite time to fit in something to strengthen and even just maintain my muscle mass is to do squats or do lunges when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning and before I go to bed. If I've had a crazy busy day and I haven't been able to fit in a workout, that is my go-to. And and I love it. I, I really love that there's knowing that even if I only get four minutes in, that's okay. That's four minutes better than, than nothing, right? So 
this podcast is definitely here to just encourage you to take those small and simple steps and know that those small and simple steps are doing something and they're leading up to something better. There's been research too that's been done that finds that as you increase your muscle mass and even as you increase in just being consistent daily with movement, even if it's a small amount, it makes your body start to crave more movement. And that makes it so much easier to exercise and to be active when you get to that point where your body is starting to crave it. I've actually done um, Pilates, yoga, Pio for mat workouts for several years now to the point that every once in a while I'll just feel that my fingers and my feet just really want to be barefoot on that mat stretching out and you know in a down dog position or something but just spreading out all of my weight across my toes and giving my feet a good stretch which is really interesting because I've I've taught fitness classes for a long time now and never until the last several years have I actually felt my feet craving the movement so it's kind of funny but but it's real (laughs) so anyway just encouraging everyone to take that initiative make it part of your make it part of your routine make it part of your daily life to get movement in even if it's in just small little bite-sized bits there is a lot more a lot more benefits that come from that than just passing it up altogether all right now that we've talked about the principles and the research behind the small and simple workouts that we have on lift i want to talk about something even smaller, and I don't know that I can say simpler, it's very complex, but even smaller for sure, that have a tremendous, huge impact on our health and that we have stewardship over. So it is going to be our microbiome, and I love the topic of our microbiome. I'm so fascinated by it. And if I just think of the Dr. Seuss movie, Horton Hears a Who, remember? I don't even know if I'm going to remember the story all the way, but I think it's an elephant that finds like some molecule or some bit of fuzz or something that has some molecule on it and that there's this entire world going on inside this molecule and he can hear these who's that live in this world. Anyway, I think he has to like save them or something. I don't remember the rest of the story. But what's amazing is that our body has this microscopic entire civilization and kingdom and world going on in it and around it it's it's through our entire digestive tract down through our throat down into our stomachs down out the other end and then all the way around our body it extends we have this what they've termed a microbial cloud that's all around us and one of the professors that had been researching this actually referred to it as us being like pig pen from um charlie brown remember that has this like dust cloud that just follows him everywhere he goes but it's called our microbial cloud and we can feel when people are in our bubble you know if people have gotten a little too close to our to our comfort zone we feel like they're in our bubble we're actually feeling their microbial cloud interacting with our microbial cloud and we leave these microbes everywhere we go Like we're constantly shedding them as we move about, but other people are too. And we're picking up some from other people and it's just this whole complete interaction going on of all these living organisms that we're not aware of. It's on such a small scale, but we have stewardship over this, this 
The health of this microbiome that's in and around us is our responsibility. And, and there's so much research that they've been doing that's so fascinating. So this microbiome has an intense impact on our immunity and keeps our digestive systems running smoothly. It keeps our hormone levels balanced and it helps our brains work properly. So it has a tremendous impact, as you can see, on major, major cycles and systems of our body and if these if the balance of all of these living organisms is off then we're going to see problems in those areas whether it's through our mental health whether it's through low immunity disease whether it's through imbalanced hormones and digestive problems those are all going to be coming in depending on whether or not we have a good balance going on so there's pathogenic um, organisms that can come in that can cause and, and be waging war with all of these good, healthy um, bacteria, yeasts, and fungi that all live within this system. And us learning how to kick out and remove to as much as, much as possible, kick out and remove pathogenic bacteria or, or germs or organisms we can remove those and replenish and not only replenish but feed and provide for the healthy ones because like we've got stewardship over our children or pets or or younger siblings or or whatever we have stewardship over in our life that's our responsibility to not only make sure that they have a place to live but they have to have food to eat right they have to be nourished they have to have clothing to wear they have to have these necessities of life and these little organisms that are in our microbiome they have necessities for them to continue to thrive and we have to meet those needs there are anywhere from 10 to 100 trillion of these microbial cells in and around each one of us. We have far more of these microbial cells and these microbial organisms than we do human cells. Microbiome that's within your gut plays a huge role in obesity and in weight gain and whatever changes in your bacterial strains that you have in the gut can make a huge difference within even just a few days. It can make a big difference on your health and your body weight within just days. There's a drink that I like to get. It's called Good Belly Probiotics. I've tried their apple one and didn't love it at all. Nobody in my family did. <laughs> but we really like the um, pomegranate and I think it's pomegranate and blueberry or maybe it's blackberry. I can't remember. But I'll just buy that regularly like I'll have several on hand always in our fridge and I used to get a I think maybe Albertsons and Brooms might have it Aldi's has it I haven't seen them at Walmart but um anyway there's a there's some kind of challenge on the side of that box that you're supposed to take it for like eight days or ten days or something like one cup for ten days I don't even remember what the challenge is but I swear it makes a difference. Like I've done that challenge multiple times and I'm like, it's real. Like it totally is real. I can tell a difference. Just being very intentional about replenishing the good bacteria, not just replenishing, replenishing, but increasing the number of good bacteria and good good yeasts and good fungi. And, and even like we've got viruses that are included in in this whole community of microbial organisms that are 
all around in and through us. And as long as we can keep the ones that are have a negative impact, as long as we can keep those at a lower level and really be supporting and boosting and feeding the ones that are beneficial to us, as long as we can be boosting that level. So we're really working on, um, I guess, population control, right? But in a healthy way, like (laughs) you have stewardship over all of these organisms and we're going to really feed and strengthen and support and repopulate the ones that are going to benefit you and bless you and work to your advantage and help you. So how do you go about feeding and improving and helping the the good organisms? And the best way to do it is an anti-inflammatory diet. The other thing that's so important that you've seen me post probably a lot on Lyft is, is having fiber, a high fiber diet. Fiber is what feeds all of those good organisms. And the more healthy fiber that we get going into our into our body, into our system, the more beneficial and well-fed and nourished and stronger um, and able to reproduce and repopulate will those healthy organisms be. The other thing that's important is to avoid things that are going to diminish those populations. So antibiotics, we know, have a big impact on that. And then also stress can have a big impact. And then having any of these organisms come in that are pathogenic and having them take over. So we don't want to be feeding the pathogenic organisms. And as you can probably guess, the way we feed them is by diets that are high in unhealthy sugars or really simple carbs, unhealthy oils, and a lot of processed packaged foods. Artificial sweeteners have a really negative impact as well, not just on the microbiome, but on the gut itself and the lining of the gut that can lead to leaky gut syndrome. And anytime that we have these these foods and these organisms that are coming in that have a negative impact on the microbiome and on the on the gut itself, we can end up with these little tears in our gut lining. This is what leaky gut syndrome is. And that will enable food particles that haven't been completely digested to pass through into the bloodstream. And then our body can build up this autoimmune response to it. And then we can develop you know, food allergies or intolerances to things that never bothered us before. And so being able to heal our gut and really feed and strengthen and and nourish and build up this population of, of healthy organisms in our microbiome in and around us that we have stewardship over, it's such a small and simple thing that we can't even, I mean, we can't even see it. And yet it has a tremendous, huge impact on our health. 90% of all diseases can be traced back to the health of our gut and our microbiome. And not only that, but it impacts, like I said, autoimmune diseases, but we've got arthritis, which is often can be an autoimmune diseases, dementia, heart disease, cancer, um, even fertility. And then obviously like our healthy lifespan is all impacted by the health of this microbiome that's all in and around us. They've done research with the connection between the gut and the microorganisms present in the gut to mood disorders, depression, anxiety, 
um, even learning disabilities, ADHD, autism, they've also found that when a child is born, when the child passes through the birth canal, they are exposed to all of that microbiome, all of those organisms that the mother has present, and that child is able to get that passing through the birth canal in their nose, in their ears, in their eyes, in their mouth, and covering their whole body, and the mother actually passes that on. Children born through C-section don't get that as readily, and they found, and my son was born through C-section, there was, we, I had placenta accreta for anyone that likes to research health stuff out there, so there was no way that I could actually deliver him, and and so he's the only one of all my children that was born C-section, but at the time they weren't doing this, and I really wish they would have, so I've spent a lot of, like, intentionally trying to really build up and strengthen his his personal microbiome because I know it's been somewhat different because he wasn't exposed to that from birth. But now they do what's called vaginal swabbing where, where they will actually swab that entire um, vaginal opening of the mother and they will rub a baby down that's born via C-section so that that baby can get that microbiome. But they'll get it in their eyes, in their nose, in their ears, in their mouth all around their body so that they still get that um, initial introduction and foundation of microorganisms to help build up and strengthen their immune system and their own microbiome. So what happens if you feel like, okay, definitely I'm way off with all of my microbiome. I haven't been aware of it. I haven't been taking care of it. I haven't even realized I've had stewardship over this, right? And I've been really neglecting this stewardship over this microbiome. And what I'm going to say is that's fine. Like we're learning, right? This research is coming out as we learn. And even like I said with my son, he did not have that same initial foundation of microbiome. But there's ways for us to continually build it up. Diet is going to be huge. And so making sure that you're feeding the organisms that are going to really benefit you and help benefit you. And that's really just with a healthy diet. Us learning to identify what foods actually make us feel good. And I'm not saying feel good like a piece of chocolate cake, but I'm meaning like we walk away and we don't have any digestive problems. We feel stronger. We feel healthier. We feel good physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually about the things we've been eating. Also recognizing that our microbiome is going to be changing continually based off of what we're eating, where we're at, who we encounter. That's changing where we're passing off some of our microbiome to other people. Like even when we go to the grocery store, right? We're leaving a trail of microbiome and we're picking up and and incorporating microbiome from others. And what's fascinating is that they took um, mice and they gave them, they gave, they took mice that were very thin and lean and they gave them the microbiome from the digestive tracts of mice that were obese. And those mice that had been thin, having that microbiome from the obese mice, those mice, the lean mice started putting on weight. Just nothing changed. Nothing changed in their diet at all. But they had the same microorganisms that were in the digest digestinal tract of the mice that were obese. So this is really 
fascinating to realize that we're encountering, and it's no different on a spiritual level, right? We are encountering things that are good and things that are not good and things that are somewhere in the middle all the time. And we get to decide what we're going to let stay present and what things we're going to move out, what things we're going to feed and encourage and nourish and build up in our lives and what things have no value to us or aren't going to help us but are actually going to hinder us or hurt us and we can eliminate and remove those things and just really essentially by choosing what things we're going to feed and what things we're going to nourish is what makes the biggest difference. Over the next few days I have several images and posts that I'll be putting on the app on Lyft that will be able to help kind of give you a visual of some of these things that I just talked about. And I was hoping by doing this podcast that when I share those visuals, they'll be a little bit more helpful because you will have already listened to this and understood this. But I just wanted to end by saying that God desires for us to be like him. And he is not only the creator but he is the governor of worlds without end. And he knows the needs of all of his creations. And he allows opposition to be present to a degree that it strengthens us. And that happens even with our immune system, even with our microbiome. If there's some level of viruses or organisms that we encounter that are not good, it only bolsters and boosts our immunity to have to build up and and fight against those it only it only makes us stronger um so he enables that level of opposition to be present and we want to be aware of that that some level of opposition is a huge benefit to us if there's no level of opposition just like me going and and trying to do a workout and I'm not willing to lift weights or do squats with my own body weight or something, I'm not going to be actually strengthening those muscles. There has to be some level of opposition or resistance that will inact- that will actually enable me to be stronger. Um, Elder Bednar gave a great talk about this where he talked about the load. Remember that man that was had his truck stuck? He went out to get firewood in the snow and his pickup truck got stuck and he couldn't get out and he finally decided, well, I might as well just get the firewood and he loaded up the back of his truck with all that wood and all that weight in the back of his truck enabled him to get enough traction to actually get out and not be stuck any longer. So if you feel like you're stuck in your life and you need some traction to move forward, it's okay to let in a little bit of weight or difficulty or a challenge um like take that step into the dark if god's guiding you to take a leap of faith and you're going to take on something that's a little more challenging but recognize that that load may give you the exact traction you need to move forward further down the road to a greater destination um so being able to identify that we have stewardship over this incredible kingdom and community that's going on in and around us with these microorganisms and doing our very best to meet the needs of of those organisms and to build up and strengthen the ones that are going to be good that are going to help us um that heavenly father is just giving us an opportunity to learn how to be a wise steward 
and giving us an opportunity to follow his lead. God has stewardship over worlds without number, and here we have stewardship over our microbiome all around us. It's this whole world going on all around us, and he's giving us an opportunity to learn how to be a wise steward over that. So it's a very small and simple thing, yet incredibly profound, and a great opportunity to see great things come to pass by our awareness and our attention to the small and simple things that we have stewardship over. It's the little things, the little things that help us grow. Every little prayer you say, every good choice you make, every little step you take makes a difference, such a difference. Every little good thing you do makes a little change in you, even though they seem so small you'll see they're not so little after all